Welcome to the Keep Cool Show, the only place to hear cutting-edge climate tech founders pitch their businesses in real time and on a podcast. I'm Nick Van Osdal. Let's jump in. Thanks so much for tuning into the sixth and final episode of this podcast miniseries. When we first launched the Keep Cool Show, we wanted to build it in a way that reflected the ethos of what I do as a content creator and investor in the climate tech space overall. That's why the first five episodes of this show have been equal parts pitch and storytelling. I wanted to launch this podcast by giving early, enterprising climate tech startups the chance to tell their story to the world while perfecting their pitch and competing for significant media and ad spend value from Workweek. For each episode, I've also had an investor co-host on alongside with me to deepen our understanding and conversations with each of the teams hosted on the podcast. In today's episode, We'll first recap the five different pitches that we've aired over the past month. Then I'll discuss the different pitches with the investor co-host who have joined me along the way. From there, each investor will vote on the team whose pitch they think was the most compelling, combining both the business case with the team's theory of climate impact. So before we dive in, let's recap the five different teams, businesses, and pitches. As always, if you want to re-listen to these episodes before listening to the rest of this one, you can do so on our main podcast page. The first team we ever had on the show was Earthbrands, represented by co-founders Misha and Peter. Earthbrands makes biodegradable consumer products to replace the single-use plastics that are unfortunately filling up landfills and polluting natural ecosystems. In their pitch, they highlighted their ability to cultivate an early group of highly engaged customers, as well as a recent fundraising round to spur their next phase of growth. One thing I'm excited to see them continue to iterate on is their materials themselves. With biodegradable products, it's important to always push the envelope of how sustainable and decomposable the material truly is. There's always room to improve on this front. The second team we featured on the Keep Cool show was Green Pixie. We had the pleasure of speaking with their CEO, John Ridd. Green Pixie recently released their MVP product, which is a digital software solution that helps companies calculate their emissions footprint from their cloud computing operations. With new regulation from California and the US to the EU requiring enhanced emissions reporting from companies, there are significant tailwinds for solutions like Green Pixies that make calculating emissions seamless. Looking ahead to the future, I'm eager to see what kind of traction Green Pixie can generate now that their product is out in the market, especially if they're able to showcase net account expansion over the course of the next year or so. That'd be a fantastic sign. I'm excited to check in with them in a few months to see how signups for their MVP went. Our third interview featured Evan Hines, the CEO of ClimateBase. ClimateBase aims to be the single best platform connecting climate tech companies with top talent passionate about working in climate. And they're off to a super strong start. ClimateBase stood out to me from all the teams we heard from as the company with the most existing customer and revenue traction. I'm particularly interested in seeing how the additional components of their business that they're building out play out in the coming months and years. I'm particularly interested to see how the additional components that they're adding to their business play out over coming months and years. Their latest program, a fellowship to help educate and onboard new talent into climate tech, could be a powerful revenue stream and a great complement to their jobs marketplace. In our fourth episode, we featured Electric Fish, represented by co-founders Vince and Fola. Electric Fish was our primary contestant in the hardware category. 
Their patented tech is a modular energy storage system that can be deployed across all types of sites to provide fast EV charging and even bi-directional energy back to the grid. I was particularly impressed not just with their descriptions of the tech, but how they're thinking about clients. For example, going after gas station franchise owners who will need to adapt to an electrified future is very savvy. In terms of the next steps, I'm keenly interested in watching Electric Fish scale from a pilot site to dozens of sites. Hardware businesses are unique because manufacturing and selling at scale is so hard and so different from, say, a software business. In our final and most recent episode, which aired last week, we had the pleasure of hearing from Stefania Di Bartolomeo, the CEO and founder of Physis. Physis's mission is to empower investors and investment managers to build more sophisticated and sustainable portfolios. I was impressed by Stefania's knowledge of how disparate the sustainable investment data space can be, and how this informs Physis's mission of aggregating data and making it comprehensible all on one platform. Similarly, I see regulatory tailwinds as a super strong tailwind for Physis, especially as they've already been able to build compliant reporting workflows directly into their software for clients. And with that, let's hear what our investors thought about these teams and which team in particular they're most excited about. Drum roll, please. Murad Yagmai is an investor at the Cool Climate Collective and a highly knowledgeable entrepreneur in the edtech space. He's also worked at TerraDo as a climate tech educator. I, I did like climate base. I mean, like I think there was a lot of value add to the greater network that I think I walked away with. Where at first, I you know, it might have seemed like a, just a job platform, but because of their niche and, and the way they're doing all that value add, I think it's like this supporting role. Even though they themselves do not like say reduce emissions or do something specific, I, I think they they are like that supporting foundation that's needed for all these climate companies i think i had my hesitations like what why won't linkedin why won't others get into this niche but i think they've done a great job of building up their brand i think they have some revenue and numbers to back up you know the, the growth that's happening and the, this shift i think the point you made about climate base or a point that was salient to me too is like i'm continuously surprised thinking more about that business how much financial capital is starting to move into the climate tech space and yet that there isn't a massive amount of competition, it seems like, for them on the human capital side. Like, they've really stepped into a nice niche that should, for all intents and purposes, like, that's a massive market. It should, for all intents and purposes, be very competitive already. But they're ahead of the ballgame a little bit. And it's been a, a little bit overlooked the past two years besides them. So I've always enjoyed looking at companies like Electric Fish, the bi-directional charging. I definitely think grid resilience and where we're moving in terms of EVs, I think that's such a massive play. My biggest thing with all of those, though, is like penetration or like what is their foothold in the market? I think what Electric Fish, from my understanding, also has that whole data layer. It has a data play where, you know, that can be very useful for utilities to understand usage and, you know, right. Calculating, you know, usage and, you know, grid balancing and all that component. So it's a great play. It's just, you need scale for that to make a difference. And it's just, can they penetrate enough the market or will they plan to partner with a bigger player that can kind of get their devices everywhere? Yeah, my question on that one is, I think it's great. Like you had, you developed so many of your own internal learnings by building that software product. So I think that's powerful for the team. But like, there's a lot of companies that are 
building their entire business around that side and not also the hardware side. So it's like, can you be competitive on both fronts or would you be better off focusing on one or the other? Yeah. And, and to be honest, like bi-directional is not something new or different. Like there are a few players out there doing bi-directional. So it's like what you just said, they're innovating on the hardware side as well as the software side. And there's players out there purely only doing one or the other. And that's where it's, it's a lot to ask for a newcomer to kind of try and do everything. (laughs) Yeah. That was a great run through. Thanks for your time. I uh, look forward to having you back on the pod in the next season when we do more founder and maybe even some investor interviews. Sure. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. Mark Grace is a venture capitalist at M13, where he covers consumer tech. One of the climate tech investments he recently led was in Nori, a carbon marketplace company. One thing I I like about the business is how capital efficient they've been and been able to get their product into market without having to raise tens of millions of dollars, right? Like (laughs) lots of people are talking about sustainable or better packaging, but the timelines at commercialization and going to market are just so hard to quantify at times. And so it's been impressive to see them actually starting out, getting product into market, getting distribution. And while, you know, in absolute numbers, those are still small, it's it's an impressive step in the, the right direction for a seed stage company. Yeah, it's actually been true of a lot of the businesses we've talked to across the course of this is like almost everyone, it feels like, has done some like serious upfront work of trying to bootstrap a little bit or get an MVP out at the minimum before going and raising like a multi-million dollar round, which is pretty different from what you see in the headlines across the board. So it's laudable. It probably just goes to show that like this space as a whole is becoming much more true to reality, right? And that you're seeing companies being able to, to start operating with less upfront capital, which I think is a, is definitely a, a good positive sign that the space is starting to mature. That's a, it's a good caveat to just like the headline dollar figures. Cause people always just focus on like, okay, like this much money is being raised. Like clearly the space is taking off, but um, also tying it back to like, okay, we can see that a lot of these companies are also starting to not only build stuff, but bring it to market. I think they're all capitalizing on some, different but related tailwind for their respective industries. And I think Green Pixies and and Physis both have that regulatory tailwind behind them. And, you know, working in the financial services industry, like I I totally understand the Physis value prop and like the need for managers to understand what exactly is in their in their portfolio. And that is a, a need that is only growing. And then with Green Pixies, Yes, there's a regulatory tailwind, but also just the growth of the cloud and, and shift away from on-prem to, to cloud is just like going to propel this, I think, business forward in a super interesting way. So that's that's exciting to see. And then with climate-based talent and labor marketplaces and services are, I think, super interesting businesses and, and very scalable. And anytime you have a, a nascent market where there's sort of like a mismatch between the demand and available supply of talent out there. I think that's a a great opportunity and especially one in a space like climate where there is such a need to upskill and and train people on, on the skill sets that'll be needed going forward. And like, you know, you can't go get a degree and go back to college for stuff like this. It's sort of learning on the fly. And so any, any company that's able to help do that and make a market for 
the companies that are trying to hire in the space is super interesting. And then with electric fish, like, you know, the old, the old saying hardware is hard, <laughs> um, especially in, in climate and energy. And so hearing how well they've been able to get off the ground and scale with, you know, in a relatively short amount of time and, and capital raise, I think that's, that's impressive. So which company, if you had to pick out of all of them, would you pick to invest in given all the information we've gone through and that good breakdown of your thinking that you just gave, gave us? I would probably lean towards climate base for some of the reasons I, I just mentioned the fact that you have a growing demand for labor in this space and still have a, a limited cap supply. And so, you know, a marketplace like this can be the place to upskill laborers and workers and help them get qualified to obtain jobs in, in this space. And if they can build the marketplace to connect supply and demand, I think that's a, a pretty compelling, like differentiated offering relative to other labor and, and talent solutions out there that are more general and horizontal in nature. Lily Berniker is a principal at Wireframe Ventures, which recently raised its second fund dedicated to solutions that advance the health and sustainability of the planet. Knowing that you have listened to some of the episodes and obviously are intimately familiar with Green Pixie at this point, would love to also hear kind of overall which of the five companies that have been on the show at this point uh, had the most compelling pitch. Thanks, Nick, and thanks for having me. I thought that all of the companies that I heard both were, I think, pretty great at pitching, which is not something I take for granted. I think storytelling, especially the earliest stages, especially if you're working some, on a business that hasn't brought their technologies to market yet, is something that is not obvious or simple. But I thought all the teams did a great job, both in terms of their pitch and also just like fundamentally uh, had really compelling offerings. The one that stood out to me the best is uh, was a company called Vices. And I think mm -hmm. maybe just keeping it specific to the pitch, I think something that I really appreciate, always look for, is a high degree of specificity around who you're building for and how you're going to create value for them in the short term as well as over time. And then uh, why you're the best team to solve that problem for them. Uh, and I thought, Vices kind of nailed all of that. So like specifically, Stefania walking through her background at Sustainalytics and any issue ratings, as well as a fund manager, I think really spoke to her understanding of how the market works today, as well as what people are willing to pay for. I thought was super helpful and really compelling, as mm -hmm. well as her clarity around how regulation, specifically in Europe with SFDR, is going to work as a tailwind and accelerate for them even beyond the value they're already creating for customers. So I think, yeah, her role as a market expert really made a lot of sense in building this business. And then just, I was really impressed with how they talked about the specificity of how to build value for customers. I've invested in a few companies where the core value initially is enabling access to data and Almost always, that's not sufficient. You need to build really compelling data products for for users to engage with and, and integrate into their workflows. And I think uh, Stefani's insight on what both unlocking the data and then also creating really compelling data products to support 
manager's decision-making as well as reporting uh, was super clear. And I could see it being a really yes, really easy yes for a lot of early customers. Kyle Cherick is a seasoned veteran in the solar industry and also runs his own climate tech investment syndicate, the Climate Avengers. What stood out to you, whether it's across all of the different companies or any specific pitches that you thought were particularly compelling? I think one thing that's been a, a common thing I've, of talking with a lot of companies that are working on scaling is, you know, it's hard to get people right now. And, and people, uh, it's, it's a cliche, but right, they're, they're the biggest asset that a company has. And you really do want people, you want to hire people that actually are there for the mission, right? They're not there for, for the dollars. And in order to do that, in order to be able to afford, you know, below market rates or, or even at market rates and not overpay for human talent, you need people who are like, I'm going to move my life into climate and I need to, you know, find a, a way to do that. And so climate base is, is as a platform for aggregating that talent, maybe even educating that talent on the climate sector broadly and how some of these sub industries or subsectors work, I think is going to be a valuable platform and, and something that they can carve out a nice brand on that I think a lot of employers are going to highly value for sure. Dan Lichtenberg is an investor at Keiki Capital, which he actually founded to invest in climate tech companies with a special focus on climate fintech companies. So, Dan, thanks for joining us again. And thanks again, obviously, for hosting with Stefania and, and listening into the FISIS podcast. Had a really good chat then. Would be curious to hear, you know, thinking about all of the pitches that we've heard at this point across this mini series. Who stood out to you? What stood out to you? What was most compelling? I think that um, of all the pitches that I listened to, and even though I'm a uh, you know mostly a software investor who invests in climate finance solutions, I chose Electric Fish as my favorite pitch to listen to. It's a solution uh, that I think the world needs the most, and uh, it's an interesting uh, approach to um, you know to scaling a uh, physical infrastructure uh, solution. And I think. For me, it, it kind of solved the question of, you know, which is the solution that I'd like to see scaled uh, in the world uh, the fastest? So for, for, for me, that was Electric Fish. Brilliant. Yeah, I super enjoy that perspective that you just shared about, you know, not only how sound does it does the pitch seem, but like, where would I most want to put my own efforts towards success if you made me pick? So. The votes are in. Thank you again to all of the investors for sharing feedback on the various pitches in addition to their roles as co-hosts throughout the show. While it wasn't an easy deliberation process across the board, a majority of the investors were impressed by ClimateBase. Massive congratulations to Evan Hines and ClimateBase on their performance and all of the progress their business has already made in a short amount of time. In my one-on-ones with investors, including a lot of audio not featured in this episode, Everyone spoke super highly about all of the teams that participated, especially about you know how capital efficient they've been, their initiative to bring products to market and start commercializing, sometimes even before raising any funds, and their clarity on how their theory of change fits into reversing climate change and advancing sustainability overall. What's next from here? Well, for one, Workweek will be hooking up ClimateBase with tons of media value across all of our properties and definitely including my own newsletter. 
I'll also cover their business in even greater depth in a written deep dive. I'm excited to meet the rest of their team to do so and dig in on some things that we didn't get to on the podcast. As for the Keep Cool show, well, we may well run another pitch competition next year, or even sooner. But for the rest of this year, expect updates soon on the format and programming we'll transition into now that the pitch competition is over. I'm excited to have lots of excellent conversations with other founders, investors, operators, and maybe even policymakers in the climate tech space. Talk to you soon.